welcome to another episode of the Las Vegas Phil Food and Social Podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Super excited this week to have Lindsay Stewart, aka the Las Vegas Foodie, as a guest. And it's actually been over a month since we uh, since I filmed uh, episode five, and I just wanted to take a break, basically, to kind of absorb uh, the reaction to some of the episodes. And really just self-analyze what I've been doing and try to do a better job of it. So thanks for all the my friends for giving me a lot of constructive criticism and a lot of people who didn't give great criticism. That was actually appreciated as well. Going over last week was actually really fun. Um, started off going to Carbone for dinner uh, last Sunday with Wandering Chopsticks. But before I went, uh, I was actually able to get... Uh, some behind the scenes and shoot a couple of videos, two dishes that I love there. Um, of course, the spicy uh, rigatoni is the most famous dish at Carbone. And uh, I was uh, super stoked to be behind the scenes and shoot that with uh, Johnny Chan Boone, Chef Johnny Chan Boone. Thanks for doing that. And such a badass name. And then also on Monday, Ayumi and I got to go to uh, Allegiant Stadium, which is where the Raiders play. Uh, to do a stadium tour, which was really cool. So cool to check out like a state-of-the-art stadium, get on the field, get all the behind the scenes. And then after that, uh, we went to Lowry's for prime rib as Tuesday was actually National Prime Rib Day. So we went the day before uh, to have a nice dinner, uh, shoot some video. And uh, that post uh, actually did really well, but there's like 1,300 comments of people just bitching and moaning about how raw the steak looked. I guess they've never had prime rib before because it's always pink. We got a medium rare like we always do, but people are just insane on IG and TikTok, just talking about how bloody it looked, whatever. And I went on this huge rant on TikTok about it. And I, I guess it kind of resonated with some people because it's just 4,000 comments of just garbage. So really interesting. I don't know. I should order a well-done steak one these days just to see what it's like. Anyways, Tuesday, we went to Amano, which is my longest client in town. Uh, Amano's famous for the pizza paizonis, which is the half pizza, half calzone. And more notably, the fat baby, which is uh, like a giant hoagie with pasta stuffed into it and with all this crazy sauce and cheese on top. They recently just hit 100K followers on IG. I'm super proud of that. It took me three years of just grinding away, posting tons of reposts, and got super lucky with a lot of earned reposts and publicity. A couple of things that really stood out was um, in August 2019, we were invited to Access Hollywood in LA to shoot a segment, uh, which was mind-blowing for me and Jay and Mary, uh, the owners of Amano, um, just to see how far the restaurant has come. Small little place on Ann and 95 in the, kind of in the middle of nowhere, and they were just killing it. Um, it's now the second biggest uh, local IG account uh, for a restaurant in Vegas. I'm super proud to hang my hat on that. And uh, if it were not for them, I would not be doing what I am today. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing food social media full-time. It was really proof of concept. Super proud of that. So on Tuesday, um, I met up with Lindsay, uh, who's our guest today. 
and we did some crazy videos and she uh, put out an epic TikTok along with an epic IGTV post. Super happy about that. And then uh, Lopez in Vegas actually came in around four o'clock and we shot a really cute uh, baby announcement as she uh, does have a bun in the oven. And so she shot a little uh, picture with a fat baby and her baby. What else? Wednesday, EDO and Partage did a super cool collaboration at Partage and a Spanish French collaboration for one night only with uh, Chef Oscar and Chef Yuri. I did all the videos behind the scenes and it was just amazing watching them work. I, I normally shoot at the Partage, Partage Kitchen at least once a month. And it's always a treat for me because they just work on a different level than most of the kitchens I, I shoot in. And um, way more refined, way more detail oriented. And uh, they do a great job every time. Uh, the standout for me was the crazy Pativier, which I enjoyed while sitting with my wife and Suki. And that was a crazy Pativier. Uh, Pativier is like a pastry. And this one was stuffed with Iberical pork, pheasant, seared foie gras, and Oloroso sauce, which is like a cherry vinegar from a wine barrel. That was epic. And I'm actually going to post that uh, probably tomorrow. And then Friday, uh, did finally did dim sum for the first time in fucking, I don't know, year and a half. Um, met up with EB Las Vegas, Ryu Sauce, and Ola Gato, Tony, who will probably be, hopefully be on an episode sometime down the road, at New Asian Barbecue. It's on Spring Mountain, old school Chinese banquet atmosphere. Um, I love it. And I think it's one of my favorite, probably my favorite Chinese restaurant in town. They have the most reasonably priced Peking duck at $56, which is stellar. Also the best crispy pork belly in town. And they do a daily dim sum with the carts, uh, super old school. And it's just a, a great time every time. And then on Saturday, uh, Ayumi and I actually trekked it out to Henderson. <laughs> we rarely go to Henderson these days to eat. But uh, Sushi Hero, we did a nigiri omakase and got to chat with the chefs for quite a, quite a while. And it was a super fun time. Been about two or three years since we were last back there. And uh, we're definitely not going to wait that long again. So without further ado, hailing from Southern California, Lindsay Stewart, better known as the Las Vegas foodie, initially burst onto Las Vegas social media scene in early 2017, really memorably with that unbelievable picture of the Giordano's pizza to the tune of almost 60K likes, which was virtually an unheard of number back then for food in Vegas. I remember I was uh, at an influencer event at Top Golf, and you were like the talk of the morning, like... Everyone remembers where they were when that post blew up. What was actually just one huge viral post went to freaking countless ones to speak of. I mean, Lindsay has so many amazing posts over the years that have blown up. And now it feels to me like it's almost routine for you to, to blow posts up like that. So sporting over 370K on TikTok, 290K on Instagram. She even broke 1K on Twitter recently. So basically, there's nothing she can't do. I'd like to welcome Lindsay Stewart, a.k.a. the Las Vegas foodie, to the podcast. Wow. Thank you so much, Phil. That is such an intro. <laughs> so wow. I've been dying to have you on since we did a podcast together back almost two years ago. 
you invited me to your podcast, uh, your interview with uh, Michael Rizzo on Faces and Aces podcast. And uh, I remember at one point we were talking just for like 10 minutes straight. And then the host is looking at us like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> we were just like having a normal lunch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was fun. I mean, how's it been for you recently? You're back. You're vaccinated. So you're out and about vaccinated out and about feeling good my baby's six months old so i'm feeling like i can you know give her a little bit more space and <laughs> not smother her so much no um but yeah it's been really nice to be back obviously things are opening up too so it's feeling really good now i feel like my schedule is probably more packed than it was before but i'm like excited about it so yeah, I bet there's been so many restaurant owners and businesses that have reached out to you over the last year that you're finally getting around to going to and and all that. So that's that's amazing. What's your daily schedule like now? Are you hitting like one or two spots a day and then doing the family stuff? It's about one to two spots every other day. I try to do two spots about twice a week. So it's not super packed. And then I need time for editing. But I try to leave my schedule open because so many things just happen to pop up, you know, people ask if they want, if I can go with them somewhere or if I can help them do something. So I kind of try to keep those spots open. And then I can also work around Casey's schedule because he likes to golf and I need to make sure I'm home with her. So it works for now, whatever we're doing, Right. <laughs> but I do feel very busy, but that's okay. And then for those who don't know, Casey is Lindsay's husband, who is a professional poker player, uh, which is a whole other super cool topic. Uh, we could talk about. But let's go back to when we initially met. I actually remember the exact time we met. We met at Magusta Tacos in 2017 in January. I think both of us only had like 2,000 followers at the time. We had hardly <laughs> any. I remember when I saw you because we were friends on Yelp. And I was right. like, I didn't realize, I knew you were a big time, but I didn't realize how big Yelp was. They had all those events in the community with Yelp. So like I admired you, I idolized you, but I didn't know the scope of Yelp at the time. So then <laughs> when I met you, I mean, you're very recognizable. I was like, Phil, I'm your, your Yelp friend. Like, I remember I was like, can you hold these for me? The churros, right? Right, the churros. <laughs> that was like so much fun. Yeah, we both of us only had a few thousand followers at the time. I mean, we were just yeah. having fun, you know? Yeah, totally. Let's talk about a little bit about your work now, because I feel like you really touch upon a lot of not just IG, not just TikTok, but you know, you're building YouTube. You are on Twitter quite a bit. I feel like you're more omnipresent on social media than, than the average foodie. Was that a, a conscious effort to really just kind of touch upon you know, different audiences or, or it was just something just fun that you enjoy doing or? Uh, no, 100%. I want to be, I try to be on every social platform I can, but I can't go as hard on Twitter. I can't go as hard on YouTube. So I sort of just try to, to you know, realize that I can't be everywhere at once. And I'm, I just want to have a presence somewhere on each one. So if I can do that, then I feel like I'm succeeding. What happens if one of these platforms goes away? You know, so you want to, people can find you somehow, right? And I love recently how you constantly work on taking your posts to the next level. And I feel like when I see your posts, like you're taking more chances than a lot of people on social media do. And eventually those people like me get inspired to take risks because if, hey, Lindsay's doing it and it looks awesome, then I should try it too. 
if you don't mind, can you talk about some of the creative process? Like what inspires you to try new stuff? Like the Amano IGTV post that you, you just posted that, that we were at together. I mean, I, I fucking love that. You know, it's two minutes and it was super engaging and you go through a lot of like details. So if you don't mind, can you talk to me about some of the inspiration or, or how that works for you? Sure. I mean, you know, especially with that Amano post, that's been your account for so long. That has your first count to hit 100K. Congratulations. That's like such a big deal. And (laughs) I just knew that there was a lot of information. I was kind of with you in the beginning. You know, I had gone there in the very, very beginning. We sat inside. We had a group. I had gone a couple times after that. I've seen the place grow. So I had a very good understanding of it. So I think uh, putting together that two minute IGTV was it needed to happen because it, it it was just so much information all in one. So and uh, Instagram is now doing this new thing with monetizing IGTV and the the videos have to be over two minutes long. So I thought that would be a perfect let's try it and see what happens. And it it did it did great on IGTV. I thought yeah, it's been killing. I hope you can monetize business accounts like that eventually. I'm sure you can. It would be great if restaurants are able to sort of make a profit on on those kinds of videos too. Yeah. One of my other clients actually got offered to get paid to go live, which was interesting. (gasps) On TikTok or IG? On IG. So they asked for the PayPal information and yeah, it's kind of crazy. So you've gone live quite a bit too over the, over the past year. Not too much. And I don't, you know, what's funny is that that's probably a big goal of mine this year because they keep pushing lives a lot. And I, I, I'm not sure why, but the, scheduling the lives or having a consistent live. So doing a live every Monday or a live every, you know, every day at 12 PM for an hour, like something like that. But I just go live like whenever I can and whatever, whenever I feel like it, cause you know, the algorithm likes that they want you to do it. So you just try to do things that these platforms want you to do. And yeah, so my goal is to schedule lives, but figuring out what kind of live that is and what you're doing is a whole other thing. But like maybe me and you can go to lunch and I'll say, I'm going to lunch with Bill tomorrow at noon. And Let's go live. I don't know. But then we can't record yeah. anything. But I think that's that's another thing that I admire, another aspect of how I feel like you're fearless because I'm terrified of going live. I've never done it. I should just We should do it. it. Let's do it on okay. yours. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. You know, there's been a lot of a lot of people who have, in my opinion, aren't in our community, but they're in the food community, but not in Vegas. There's Paul's Food Hall in LA, who I have totally admired for so long, and Hungry Hugh. And then on the East Coast, there is, there is Cheat Day Eats and Foodie Fetish, um, Stick a Fork in Me. So all these people, these really big accounts, it's nice to see what they're doing. So I, there are definitely people that I like and like to see what they're up to and sort of take little pieces from that. And then we have Talls, who's brand new on the scene, just showed up out of nowhere from TikTok. I saw her video. She's like a breath of fresh air. So I really enjoy just like finding new people and new takes, even to Heather, Vegas know-it-all. I just love seeing like a, a new take, a new perspective on something. So anytime you see that, you watch what they're doing and you're like, you know what? I like that. I'll, I'll take pieces of that and then try to try to do your own thing. Yeah, I agree. And I love that. Yeah, I think both you and I are, feel. I feel like we're both scouring for like new stuff, trying to find the new faces and and all that. And yeah, all those accounts are are amazing. We're going to move into TikTok. So let's talk about your start on that app. 
When did you initially start making a conscious effort to to post regularly there? I had an account there and uh, I had just posted just briefly, just a, a, a little bit. And then I stopped. So when I started again and tried to, I posted just a few videos, nothing was taking off. So I just cut that, I scrapped it. And then I started a new one. And then I realized I'm going to take it seriously and try to post, you know, as much as I can a couple days a week or whatever. At the time, when I started seeing a lot more TikToks pop up, definitely. Yeah. So I think during the pandemic, really, I was like, you know, I'm just going to start posting everything I have on there because why not? And then it's just slowly started, you know, growing. And then, of course, when I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with that account, but I do realize now that I want to make it more with my personality. I want to have, you know, more of like my take on it not just the video of food with music. Sometimes I still do that, of course, but I like to, I like the voiceover action. I like how it's kind of shifting because you can hear it in your voice. You can hear the passion, descripting, you know, description, descriptors of the food and kind of just how excited you are. And you can, I'm almost salivating thinking about Amano right now, but <laughs> just like, it's a whole different take than Instagram. So yeah, so then I started getting, uh, I really started going on there because I'm. I started seeing other people like grow fast on TikTok, and I was like, "No, I want. I want to be part of that too." And now I feel like uh, you're leading the charge in a lot of ways. Um, just how creative the posts are and the editing and all that. So also, when you're shooting, are you thinking more TikTok now than IG? And then you do two versions, or what's your process like now when you go into a, a place? You know what? That's a great question. Actually, I do think I have more of a TikTok kind of a focus when I go in. And then it's kind of anything after TikTok will just go on Instagram. The only thing right. is sometimes I forget to take pictures now. <laughs> I've heard that. Some people said that after events like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't take one picture. And then you got to screenshot the video and it's kind of whatever. Oh, screenshotting the video is like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because, and sometimes I don't even have like a, a good screenshot of it. But yeah. I, I've been trying to be more conscious and remember to take those photos because I still love taking photos. That's my number one. And you can still print photos. You can hang them on your wall and you know, and, and post them on other platforms. Except everywhere is video. I mean, it's it's just video. And and I'm sorry, I'm moving into another transition. But you can no do it. Move me anywhere. But I sent you my very first video. And I believe that was 2016, which is crazy. I don't think anyone was doing video back then. I just knew that I wanted to capture this syrup that had blueberries in it that were falling out of it because we had like such a great brunch. And I don't know why. It's just, it's interesting how much it's changed, you know? Yeah, it's really come a long way and it's still evolving. Like who knows what we're going to, the type of post we'll be doing in a year. It's kind of crazy to think about. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. And even Yelp has evolved. They've been like adding those stories to like restaurants and things. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting how every, every platform is moving, obviously towards video, but. So when did you finally realize like TikTok is your main thing now? Or do you feel like TikTok is your main thing? No, I still think Instagram is my main thing for sure. Okay. It's still my main. I like, I love Instagram because obviously it's where we started. It's home, it's home based, but they have stories. TikTok still doesn't have that. You have to either go live or post all the time. But I like posting stories because they're usually unedited, not so filtered. It's just kind of raw in the moment, real time. Even And it goes away in a day. 
Um, so no, Instagram's for sure still my main, um, but I oh. love TikTok for whatever reason. I feel like it's way less stressful. It's way more fun. I feel like I can do almost anything I want and put whatever I want out there. There's some videos that I posted on TikTok that I would never post on Instagram. Right. So, like you yeah. and Casey and the baby, the sneezing. So cool. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that would be a story. I mean, right. I would never leave that as a permanent post. Lots of family stuff. And I do things with my hair. I get my hair done. I posted that. Yeah, I would never post that as a post on my, on my Instagram feed. I don't know why. It just wouldn't work for me there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I get it. But also on stories, like you're way, you know, you're in front of the camera, you're talking directly to the audience. And I think a lot of people relate to that. And when when you talk about something, they're all like, yes, yes, that's me too. And I think a lot of people identify with that, which is just one of many reasons why you're so popular. Oh, thanks, Phil. <laughs> I appreciate that. I want people to like, because I, I go through all these thoughts all day long and I'm like, I wonder if other people feel like I do. And then a lot of times I'm like, let me just go on my story and, and ask. I feel like they're my friends. Like it's like picking up the phone to call your friend, but I'm like talking. Let me put up a poll. Let me ask a question. Let's see if I'm the only weird one like that thinks like that. I don't know. But yeah, I've made a lot of really fun friends on Instagram. A lot of people that really, you know, I've just gotten to know, especially during quarantine. So yeah, thank you. Okay. We are now in the blow up breakdown. Uh, this is where we highlight uh, one of uh, the guest's biggest posts ever and talk about the process and making it. Uh, we're checking out Snappy Burger, uh, which is one of Lindsay's biggest posts ever. Such a cool uh, setup with the food and the drive-through and all that. And we're going to check out the video right now. Whoa, Lindsay, what are you doing? We're going to see a movie. That's what we're doing. And it's the cutest date spot and a great family date spot. What also really stood out about this place was that it's very affordable. We got two cheeseburgers, two fries, a snappy ice, a Coke, and two candies for 22 bucks. Oh, and I forgot the best part. They actually show movies too for free. And if you're still wondering why we are wearing a robe and dark sunglasses, if you dress up like the Big Lebowski because that's the movie they were playing, you'll get something for free. But I can't tell you what that is. If you end up going, let them know the Las Vegas foodie sent you. And who knows, you might get something for free too. Enjoy. All right, cool. So I love this on so many levels. You went extra with you and, and Heather at Radio Heather, uh, dressing up in, and going and <laughs> driving in the bathrobes and all that stuff. How did you get inspired to to do it this way? Actually, I met the owner of, of this guy at Donut Bar downtown. Shout out to Donut Bar. I love them. Uh, Chef, Chef Jeff and Chef Joey down there. I was talking to them because I had gone down there and he goes, let me call this guy, John, have him come over. And he, John owns Snappy Burger. So he, John comes over and he's explaining the concept to me. And I'm thinking, this is so cool. And he tells me how, you know, they got the ribbon cutting from the mayor. They did a few things that had only been open six months at the time. And he goes, tonight come tonight. And I'm thinking, I can't come tonight. Like I'm busy. And he goes, no, come tonight. And if you show up in a bathrobe from the big Lebowski, cause that's the movie that they were playing, then you get the, he gives you like a free, at the time it was like a free like, cut water or something. It was, it was, it was a good, like free little thing. And so I was like, okay, let's just try it. So that's why I decided to do the robe. And I, I felt like, you know, showing, putting the robe on would be like a, an attention grabber. So that's why I thought to do that first. And then, you know, we kind of just went through the motions of, of buying the burger and everything else. But the, I had a feeling that the post was going to do well, just because there's a little bit more creative 
um, thinking behind it. And I sort of just had a vision going in. Once I realized the process, you order the food, then you park and you watch a movie. And the, the craziest thing is that they they were just so packed for the, the two weeks after that. And Heather did post two that blew up also. So both of our posts did super well, but he was so busy. He told me that he says, your followers, or he said to me, your followers are so crazy. Someone from San Diego drove up to go to Snappy Burger and then went home. Yes, what? <laughs> that's amazing. That's like a five-hour drive. Yeah, yeah. And that's serious. Like perfect quarantine. That's awesome. And then, yeah, so you talk about the reaction to these videos. It's basically overnight, right? And once it, once it blows up, the instant reaction, especially on TikTok now, is kind of like what Instagram was a year ago, two years ago, or maybe even greater now. I mean, do you feel like there's, there's more reaction now? For TikTok? Yes, there's way yeah. more reaction over TikTok. I think. I think there's more people there people are definitely responding. They're going, they're gonna go see, they're gonna go check it out. I don't I don't know why. I don't know why TikTok has a, like in my opinion more of an influence, but I love it. I mean it's it's amazing. <laughs> I think it's just because it's so easier to discover new accounts on for you and all that. And you know, you get the full screen on the phone, plus you know, the, the initial frames, the initial few seconds just grabs you into a video like this. You know, everyone says yeah. the first three seconds are the most important of the post. I mean, do you, do you feel that way too? Or Yes, of course. I think the cover photo is, the most is number one and then the first three seconds. So what makes a good cover photo? Is it just like the action? TikTok is a little different because I think the cover photo kind of moves a little bit, but right, does that like quick little boomerang? But a lot of times it's going to be what I found is that people want to see other people. So if I'm in the video, a lot of times it's better to have a kind of a photo of you, like I did with Amano, right? Like kind of going into the baguette or like a crazy sauce cheese pour, right? Like that's a good video. In my opinion, something that's going to be like, what the heck is that? You know, but I don't even remember the cover photo for this. So I'm not sure what I did. Amazing post. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. And that place but is fun because he does different promos all the time. And I love that they're showing the Big Lebowski of all movies. You know the owner's cool because they did that. Oh, he on 420, they showed Cheech and Chong. And I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but I don't see why not. He cannot say what he's showing. The only way you can find out is if you text the word snappy to 474747. And then the movie schedule will, it'll send you the movie schedule. So you're opting in. But you, he oh. can't just say, I'm showing this. I'm going to lose his license that, if he does that. So it's he really came up with a very creative concept to be able to show it. And that's why also why the movie has to be free, right? Yeah, you can't charge, right? Exactly. But oh, it's such a brilliant idea. And, and families, it's just like, what a fun place to go for a date night or, or just, you know, casual. You need to get out of the house. And I don't know. It's just genius, in my opinion. We're going to go to do our 10 questions with Lindsay, kind of rapid fire style, but I reserve the right to stop the questions and go straight into a discussion. Lindsay, question number one, uh, what is your favorite 90s jam? En Vogue, Let Go. That's a great song. Uh, what, is, uh, what was in your last Amazon package that you received at the house? Oh my gosh, what a great question. I got a blow up little thing for Quinn to go in the pool. Oh, really? What is it like an animal? No, Very it's cool. like a little, like a little uh, ring thing with a little cover, so we can I can put. She's only six months, so I can put her in there because we're gonna go to the DVR on Saturday. So, oh, cool! Can't wait to see the story. That'll be cute. Yeah. 
So your husband, Casey, is uh, kind of known within the foodie community for not really loving seafood. Uh, what kind of money are we talking about for your husband to eat maybe one tuna nigiri? Oh, I don't think there's a number. I don't think he would do it. I think it, it would probably be somewhere between like $25,000. That's like how ridiculous he is. <laughs> okay. Most famous person that you've met. Oh, Luke Ryan at oh. the ACM Awards. Yeah, I met him like, I don't know, four four years ago. Yeah, that's the highlight of my life. <laughs> that's awesome. So how and did that happen? You were, were you backstage at I met at Kevin from This Is Us. No, I uh, the ACMs were very like, approachable i guess they were always in vegas every year and and like luke was so big to me but i don't know if he was that you know he was a superstar i mean now he's on american idol he's like even bigger but um he they would host these events and they would have all these country singers there and they would just we would stand at the gate and they just kind of walked up and would talk to us it was like i did it two years in a row and it was just that was the best trip of my life. I didn't even live in Vegas at the time. Oh, so this must've been eight years ago. I wasn't even living in Vegas. You have to eat one restaurant's cheeseburgers for an entire week. Uh, name that restaurant. Probably Snappy Burger. I could eat their cheeseburgers all week long. It looked awesome. Can I get their fries too? Yeah, they're pretty sure, good. Why not? I mean, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your husband's a poker player. You play a lot of poker yourself or used to. Uh, would you rather be dealt ace-king suited or pocket sevens? Ace-king. It's my favorite hand. Is it? Favorite hand? Yeah, I love ace-king. Any particular suit that's better than the other for you? No, I don't mind. Okay. Ace-king ace could be suited or not suited, but I love it. And Casey always says it's a very, it's an unpopular opinion for someone who doesn't play poker a lot. But I, I like aces. I just get scared of them. But ace-king, I feel like I have two chances. I don't know. <laughs> Right. I understand. I understand. Where's the funniest place you've been recognized? Actually, my my grocery store right here, which I know that sounds weird, but we had the masks on. I was with my mother-in-law. She was a checker. I don't think I've ever seen her before, and she totally recognized me. And it's just my, I go to my store a lot. But I don't know why I just never thought anybody would ever recognize me here in my own neighborhood. So it was just a weird. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Percentage-wise, how often do you think you're on IG versus TikTok or vice versa? What would you say your percentage, like 60% on one, 40 on the other? What do you think? I'm 60, 40. I'm 60 on IG and 40 on TikTok. What was your dream job when you were a kid? Throwing peanuts at the Dodger game. Oh, really? <laughs> That's awesome. And then, yeah, that segues right into the Dodger, my last question, which is a Dodger question. Can you live with the one Dodgers World Series win for the rest of your life? Are you good with that? <laughs> what do you mean? I, no, we need more wins okay. for the rest of my life. I know. Like when the Red Sox won in 2004, I was, I was like, this is it. I'm you good with whatever with else happens. They could be last place for the rest of my life. Yeah, but, uh, you're right. But we, but we had half a season and I don't know. I, and they worked very hard in that half a season. I just, I would like to see it one more time. Okay. And maybe be there for the game. So and maybe be there for the game. You were at one of those games where the Boston I was, I was. the Dodgers and they won. Yep. Didn't they win? Yep. Yeah. At they, the yeah. Stadium. It was the greatest game, baseball game I'd ever seen live. Ayumi actually doesn't want to go to another game. She's like, well, why do we need to go to another fucking baseball game? We already saw the greatest <laughs> game we're ever going to see. So That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
So, okay. Thanks for answering those questions. Lindsay, uh, we're wrapping up. Was there anything you wanted to plug or say to the audience? Yeah. Don't forget to check out Creamberry. It's the home of the cotton candy burrito, one of my favorite places and my very, very first account that I ever had the opportunity of showing the world. So they're a small little business and yeah, and come visit Vegas and let me know if you come, send me a DM. Awesome. Yeah. Creamberry to me is, uh, I mean, there's a few select kind of IG hall of fame foods um, that have come out of Vegas and that cotton candy burrito is definitely one of them. What was the, how did that even happen? How did the cotton candy burrito even happen? The owner cre- uh, created it. He was the one that said, hey, I have this great idea. Cut, let's do it. And that's when video was just starting. That was, um, I posted to April 11th, 2017. And that's like videos were just starting. And and then it, it right the right time. And it just blew up. And it got reposted everywhere. It was reshared. I've gotten paid for that video now three times. So that's amazing. Like people actually buy it and purchase it, which is, that's the only video anyone's ever done that for. So that's amazing. <laughs> we showed it on all TV shows and yeah. And, and we didn't even get into that as well. I mean, the, the amount of media coverage that you've received for your posts way beyond IG way beyond TikTok, is just like, I mean, mainstream stuff that is just mind blowing, completely well-deserved. I mean, I'm just so proud to like see your work and yeah, it's awesome. Oh, thank you, Phil. Lindsay, thanks for being on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Of course, of course. Thanks for tuning into the Las Vegas Phil Food and Social Podcast. For more information about me and where I've been dining recently, check out my Instagram and TikTok at Las Vegas Phil, or feel free to drop me an email at lasvegasphil at gmail.com. Stay tuned as a new episode of my show debuts each week on the Eat, Drink, and Dine podcast network every Wednesday at noon. 